To you by Galinda Moser of Remax Living. Hello, I'm Glynis Crook. Welcome to Being Green. You may have seen some of the images over the past week of grounded gondolas and miserable tourists in Venice as some of the city's famous canals ran dry. The thing is, it usually has to deal with the opposite problem too much water. But scientists and environmental groups have raised concerns that Italy could be facing yet another drought this summer. This after the Alps received less than half of their normal amount of snowfall, which saw many ski slopes in France, Switzerland and Italy closed for business. Well, I'm joined now by Valentin Aish, who is a senior water and climate specialist at the Global Water Partnership. Valentin, with a drier winter in the Alps, presumably in terms of both rain and snow, what are the implications for that region as the summer approaches? Yeah, I mean, the real issue is that we are facing this not for the first time now. So we are seeing this uh, winter drought for the second time now in a row. So it was also like last winter like that here in southern and central Europe. And uh, we also had a summer drought and now we are facing another drought. And so the impact of these three of three seasons in a row is, will be devastating if we won't have really a lot of rainfall in the coming weeks and months. And at the moment, it doesn't look like that. Countries like in Italy and in Spain, also Portugal, but also uh, uh, the whole of the Mediterranean until the Balkans and Turkey are facing this situation at the moment. I was actually in France part of last summer, and there were towns that had water restrictions. Yes, and we, we are already having now even in winter water restrictions. So France was uh, facing a record now in January until February, with over 30 days of no rainfall. That has never occurred in the in the monitoring that has been uh, done during the last 100 years. And so, yeah, we really see a very severe situation. I mean, they have to bring in some communities' water from the outside now because their cisterns and their groundwater has dried out. So it's, it's very severe in this region, and we're just starting to get in, into the spring and into the summer where we actually usually face these kind of situations. For a city like Venice, this drought not only brings health problems, but also economic implications. Yeah, I mean, this winter drought and also the summer drought, of course, has has very severe implications on health, but also especially on the economy even more. I mean, the winter drought now also in Venice for health, I guess, is not a big issue because they still have running water. So the, the, the problem will be in the summer when uh, the drought will be perhaps compounded with, with a heat wave. And then we see all these health problems and we see um, severe issues. But for economy, we're already facing now a severe issue with tourism. We're facing a severe issue with agriculture. We are facing a severe issue with energy production. And these implications on economy, they are very complex. So we, we can't see the full scale of the impacts already now. And, and there are things like teleconnections, where we, for example, see that a drought in Taiwan in, in 2021 has reduced the productivity for microchips severely. And so globally, there was a severe crisis in microchips, which has caused, of course, a lot of economic damage. Or uh, agricultural failures in other parts of the world are harming our, are driving the infl- inflation, for example, in Europe, and that can cause economic damage, but also uh, political instability and so on. So. <laughs> 
we really need to understand, I think, the impact of drought in a way more complex way than we do now. At the moment, we're just looking into agriculture, perhaps a little bit into energy. But actually, the effects are way more connected and they're way more severe than we're currently um, yeah, accepting them. Valentin, this is really a time when all the fine minds of the world, the engineers, the technology um, specialists, should be really looking focusing their minds on action, on things that are going to help us adapt to these climate events. Yeah, I I fully agree. And I think a lot of the right minds are already looking into that. I think the problem is that um, still a lot of the the, the important decision makers and policy makers have not understood that we need to change the gear from crisis management to risk management. We really need to act in advance. And this is not just technological um, solutions. We really need to understand as a society that we need to adapt what's going on. We need to manage it proactively. It doesn't need to be a crisis. A drought is a natural phenomenon, and with climate change, there will be even more in the future. But what we can really do is to prepare, and we can manage the water from the beginning. We can change our agricultural system. We can change the patterns, how we use water. We can change the way we produce energy and so on. So there are really ways to handle this, and they are all out there. I think we have really enough tools in hand to increase our drought resilience. But unfortunately, in a lot of countries, like in Europe, the the political pattern is that you have elections for four years and it's not very sexy for politicians to do something about drought because perhaps you don't even see the outcome. Like, if you invest in in drought, people will perhaps be unhappy. And if you're successful, you will not even see the outcome because nothing will happen. You will hopefully continue as before, even though there is a drought. But what you will then uh, not face is the severe impact. So it's a very complicated issue why we are not really reacting fast enough to to this uh, increasing occurrence of droughts. Thanks there to Valentin Aish, Senior Water and Climate Specialist at the Global Water Partnership and let's hope that governments do realise the importance of moving faster on adaptation action. And that's it for this week from me, Glynis Crook. Till next time, take care and goodbye. Being Green was brought to you by Galinda Moser of Remax Living. Ask not what your community can do for you. Ask what you can do for your community. At Remax Living Real Estate, our ethos is built on giving back. From sponsoring music broadcasts to FMR's Being Green, our focus is on making your world more harmonious and our planet more sustainable. So when it comes to choosing a real estate partner, don't go for anything less than people who are maximum givers. Galinda Moser from Remax Living Real Estate. 